Hey y'all, you're listening to Crying and Trying, the podcast, the comprehensive guide for cultivating emotional intelligence in a fucked up world. This podcast focuses on how oppressive systems and the human experience interact and impact our mental health. As a disclaimer, I am not a licensed mental health care professional or an expert. I am just one human who has lived through the mental health experience, sharing my story and giving my advice. Please, if you or someone you know needs help, seek it out immediately by a professional. I will have hotlines, warm lines, and other support resources available in the show notes. All right, everyone. Welcome back. I am Lexi. I'm Allie. And I'm Sam. Yay! We have our first guest. Yay! The crowd goes wild. <laughs> Woo! All right. So we're very excited um, to have Sam on our podcast today. Um, we'll do a quick intro of who Sam is and then let her introduce herself and then get into uh, what the F are boundaries. Why are they so difficult to set and why do we need them? And what do we do when they're broken? So we have lots of questions today and this is going to be a very generic basic intro we'll get more uh specific with following episodes all right so sam is our mutual best friend we've been friends all of us since high school mm-hmm. although mm-hmm. Allie and sam have known each other longer than they've known me because i didn't move to new hampshire until i was a sophomore no i think that because i oh no that's true i started cheering freshman year I, yes. say, I don't think I started cheering until sophomore year, but it was freshman year. Mm-hmm. Just a it was around, yeah, just a, like a squeak. <laughs> just a squeak. But she, we've all been friends for almost 20 years because we're old as fuck. Um, that can't be right. That can't be right. 15. Oh. I like did the math. Oh. Like, yeah. yeah. I'm like, no, the, we only graduated like 10 years ago. That's not right. <laughs> That's horrifying. All right. But Anyways. Um, so Sam is an oncology nurse, um, also a personal trainer, and she's an all-around superhuman. She actually, and I may be getting the specifics wrong, so correct me. Okay. A congenital heart defect. Is that correct? Yes, correct. Yay. Okay. So she was born with a, con- a congenital heart defect um, and is has been dealing with that. She actually has a pacemaker she got a few years ago. Um, She's also really working on her emotional intelligence and trying to be as well and whole and holistic as possible. So we thought she'd be a great person on this podcast. Um, She also has a sister who has disabilities. So that has a lot of impact on how she learns and, and how to create boundaries and also has an impact on, you know, the way she views the world. Her mom is also a German immigrant, first generation. Mm-hmm. So different cultures mixing in together. Um, you have anything else you want to add, Allie? Um, well, just on a personal note, um, Sam is one of those people who you can trust your life with. And she's going to tell you what her thoughts are every single time. You know, I've never been, I've never <laughs> gone trying. to Sam. She's trying. <laughs> She's trying to tell you. No, I think I've never been, I've never gone to Sam thinking she's going to sugarcoat something for me or not tell me exactly her perspective and her view on it, which is unreal for a friend and, and just so valuable. So, um, 
we're excited to have her as our first guest because she has thoughts that we want to hear and valuable, valuable um, insight and information. So welcome, Sam. Would you like to introduce anything about yourself? I mean, I feel like you guys gave me a good, a good <laughs> wrap it. up. Did we miss got some cool well? ass tattoos too? Uh, yeah, I got some cool ass tattoos. I have a husband. Mm. Um, oh my God, that's so Carl. weird for you yeah, to say. Kind of a big deal. Charlie is my like, uh, boundary goal role model because I got unshakable boundaries, um, <laughs> to the point that they piss you off, but I respect <laughs> that, like, he will not let somebody phase what his boundary is. Yeah. So that has been a good role model for me, I think. Um, I love that. I think that's the only thing that we're, we're really missing. Well, I'm going to include this because I know Sam won't brag about herself, but she is one of the most caring people I know. Um, and so she just got married in August and we had a bachelorette party for her. I was terrified because there was 15 girls that we all <laughs> did not know. Like not all of us knew each other. Some people were meeting for the first time and I was like, oh my God, this is a disaster waiting to happen. But Sam is such a good friend that like she's only friends with amazing people. So all of us bonded incredibly quickly. And like now I have 14 other friends that I didn't have before. So it was that's so true. Yeah, she is just like Yay. an amazing human and we love her. And she's gonna be a recurring guest here because um she is our soul sister. Oh, thanks guys. You're welcome. Yeah. Good job taking that compliment. <laughs> yeah. Good job letting us say nice things about you. It was hard. Oh, oh goodness. All right. So let's dive into some boundaries. So um, we're first going to talk about the definition of what a boundary is. Um, so dictionary.com says, quote, the line that marks the limits of an area, a dividing line. Right. So the types of boundaries we discuss here are not the same boundaries, obviously, as our boundaries that divide us as nations, as divide the states. That might be obvious, an obvious statement, but it's important to realize that when we're going into these topics, we really are able to conceptualize what we're talking about. Um, so psychology today provides a brief breakdown of where you could start with setting your boundaries to kind of categorically say to yourself, do I have a set boundary for this? What is it? And what can I do to get it? And what can I do to keep it? Um, so if you're new to setting boundaries, really take a step back and look at your money, your possessions, your um, space, information, time, and what we're going to talk about a lot are your emotions, your boundaries with your emotions. Um, so if you are brand spanking new and you're sitting there thinking, I really need to set some boundaries. I think that's what's missing in my life. I really suggest writing those categories down and just asking yourself those questions. Do I have a boundary on that? What does it mean to break that boundary and how do I keep it? Yeah, that's a great place to start. And this is really hard work. I feel like this is kind of um, one of those buzzwords in the psychology community and like, I see it a lot on Instagram and social media, um, but they're, and it's thrown around. So you like, oh, it should be really easy, but they're, they're not easy. I think boundaries are so hard and we're so used to not sticking to them. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of, um, you know, why we're 
talking about them and hopefully we'll learn something out of this too like by talking about it maybe we'll actually take the the lessons to heart but the depression and bipolar support alliance um all or dsba sorry dbsa i put that backwards um says that quote boundaries are defined rules or limits that someone establishes to protect their security and well-being around others we identify and express how other people can behave around us so that we feel safe so a big part of boundaries is also saying oh sorry end quote i didn't finish that a big part of boundaries <laughs> is like letting people know how you are going to allow them to treat you um so it's not just saying, I'm not going to do this. It's saying, I'm not allowing this type of energy or these types of words to be said towards me. Um, so Sam's going to finish the DB, DBSA definition. All right. So boundaries can include setting expectations and how much alone time you need in a romantic relationship, preventing family members from speaking negatively about loved ones, or establishing physical safety measures when spending time together. Um, I think we can also add friends speaking about other friends. Mm -hmm. um, they can be an important tool to help us feel secure in our surroundings and with other people creating an environment for each person to be themselves and have their needs met, end quote. And that uh -huh. really is getting your needs met is boundaries. That is mm -hmm. the... If you had to have an equivalent, a definition, boundaries are a means to get your needs met. Yes, exactly. Um, Sorry, Sam, did I cut you off? You didn't, no. So <laughs> I would love for you, I don't know if that's a good time now. Actually, yeah, why don't you tell us about how you had to set boundaries with me and Allie this week? Okay. We kind of let <laughs> Let's jump right in. We does it, do people know? So, in yeah, so we talked about it in the last episode. Sorry, <laughs> go ahead. We did touch about it. We, we're going to do like a mini-sode, I think, too, and just like dive deep into everything that happened and like what we could have done better. Um, but the, the listeners will know that we had a little tiff and we almost ended our whole friendship in the podcast over it. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, I knew that was, deep uh, down that that wasn't going to happen, and that even was though so everybody awesome. thought that it was going to happen. <laughs> um, I knew that it wasn't. But uh, this was actually really hard because you both, are my friends mm -hmm. and mean so much to me and both had very valid arguments that you were both texting to me <laughs> and not each other. Poor and, Sam. Um, See, this emotional intelligent <laughs> move was not uh, like Lexi and I both took a step back and I mean I can't really speak for you but I know after the week I was like uh, and even when I was doing it I was like I know this is not the most emotionally intelligent thing to do. <laughs> Same. however it's gonna happen because my emotions are taking over yes continue so, you guys were mad at each other <laughs> for reasons that you wouldn't tell each other <laughs> but you decided to reach out to me because as you said i'm a good listener and i will tell you point blank how it is in switzerland um, you're switzerland and, mm -hmm. this was hard because i kind of agreed with both of you and i don't like to be super neutral like i like Sometimes I like to stay neutral, but I do think it's important to like stand up for what you think is right at mm -hmm. the same yeah. time. And yeah. what I thought was the best course of action was saying like, listen, I am not gonna be able to fix this problem for you guys. You're gonna have to talk it out. And like, I'm not gonna take sides. If you wanna vent to me, that's fine. But like, I 
can't really do anything until you guys talk it out and nothing's going to get fixed until you guys talk to each other about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause I was seeing both sides mm-hmm. and like Lexi, you weren't seeing what Allie was telling me. Allie wasn't seeing what Lexi was telling me. And I was like, you guys wouldn't be so mad at each other if you would just see up to each other. Point. Like you're both trying really hard. And so <laughs> with the wrong person. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, which was hard for me because I am a very known as a nurse. HSP, I'm sure you've dropped that term before. Not yet. Actually. Highly sensitive person. Um, empath, meaning that I like feel things a lot deeply. I absorb the emotions of other people around me. So I have this chronic problem of needing to fix things. <laughs> um, and my therapist has said that not all problems are my job to fix. <laughs> so this was a really good time to take that tool and put it into action and try not to fix it and be like, Hey, they're both my friends, but this is their podcast. So it's mm-hmm. their problem to fix. So like laying it in you guys's court and which was really hard because I knew that you'd both be mad at me for it. <laughs> oh, I can't speak for Lexi, but I was not mad at you for it. So I was mad for a second. So I'm actually going to read the Oh, the no. text exchange that Sam oh, and I sent. Okay. So I don't know um, if I'm ready for that. No, it's not going to be. So like, there's no shit talking. Okay. Oh, like, okay. I great. straight up was like, I'm not going to do this. So like I kept going and Sam was trying to be really neutral. And I just kept being like, but Allie's not doing this. And like, she would, she would be like, okay, this, she sent this long text. I'm not going to read this whole one, but she was like, you're both my friends and you're both upset. I would really prefer not to get in the middle of things. I don't want to end up in a situation where in the heat of the moment, it's like, well, Sam agrees too. Not that I think that would happen, but I just want to stay out of it. I'm sorry. You're upset. And the only thing that's going to fix this is the both of you laying it out to each other. And I was very curt and I was like, I'll leave you out. Sorry. I told you anything. <laughs> sorry. I was friend. Sorry. I annoyed you with my friendship. My friendship. <laughs> so, so I think that's, uh, I think that is a great depiction of all three of us because my text messages with Sam were a little different. And I will say that I have been doing boundary work for a very long time because of my family dynamics mm. with, um, with my, one of my family members who is severely mentally ill. Right. Mm-hmm. So I went into that conversation very weary one, you and Sam communicate more on a regular basis, right? So you have that lines of communication where you feel open. And when we feel open with people, our boundary lines get blurred. Mm-hmm. And that is, that is a huge, um, that's a huge note that we need to take into consideration when working on our boundaries is that it decreases the, uh, you feel more comfortable setting a boundary with somebody novel, right? Mm -hmm. You feel way less comfortable holding to your boundaries when it's someone you love. Especially if your boundaries have changed recently and you're like, this doesn't work for me anymore. Yep. And, and your learned history is something different. Absolutely. So um, I went into that, my text messages with Sam kind of being like, well, one, I'm guessing that Lexi is talking to Sam about this. So I don't want to overload her. And two, I don't want to come off seeing, sounding like I'm bitching. So the, the second Sam shut it down, I was like, no, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, yeah, so you were just like, it. like, I feel like Lexi is mad at me and this is this, this, this. And I was like, 
great explanation of everything that's been going on in your life. <laughs> Have that conversation yes. with Lexi. Like be, you were like explaining to me every reason, like why think like why this was going on and why like you guys hadn't been able to connect or whatever and I'm like this would be really good information for Lexi to have <laughs> right, right, right. rate for the free therapy you guys um, yes <laughs> you can pay me in tequila tonight <laughs> sounds good um <laughs> so this is actually I like thought about this I don't I'm sure it's probably down yeah. down on the the outline outline somewhere but um this was very hard for me I was very nervous like Ali you said kind of boundary lines are very blurred yes. sometimes when you're really close and I have a really hard time setting boundaries especially with you because yes. we are so close and I don't want to upset you and something that my therapist said to me that mm. like yeah oh this is a nail in the coffin moment <laughs> I literally like had a Brene Brown like hold on, repeat that. And like, rub it, in my repeat and, that. Um, it was now I can't remember the exact quote, but scroll uh, down, ha, ha, scroll down, please. I'm like, it was amazing, but I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Here we go. For our <laughs> listeners, we are yeah. working off of an outline and that's what we're talking about. Scroll down. <laughs> okay. So if you allow other people's response to your boundary setting to influence your boundary, you might as well not set it in the first place. Boom. So I saw this situation unfolding and I was like, I shouldn't get involved. (laughs) And then I was like, but I'm really worried if I set this boundary that my friends are going to be mad at me. And I do avoid confrontation a lot Mm -hmm. and will like dance around things and not set boundaries as a way for people not to yell at me. (laughs) But the thing is, I knew she was setting a boundary. We've talked about this. We're communicating. I was annoyed about the boundary because she typically Sam like lets me bitch to her. Mm. So I wasn't used to that and it was hard. And then I got over it because I was like, that's what she needs to keep herself safe and secure and in a good place. And I get that. Which means that your boundary work and your intelligence is growing because you took that initial and we're like, we were talking about in the last episode, we all too quickly jumped to our red zone of anger Mm -hmm. that you were able to diffuse your anger and go into a different realm of emotion because of your intelligence, because of your emotional intelligence and this work you're doing. People without this work are not, they're going to stay in that angry place and they're going to remain un, unhealed unless they do something about it. So kudos for all of us, I think. Yay. We yeah, got through boundaries. a tough situation. Woo. Yay, boundaries. Now let's talk about why they're fucking hard. Which is all the reasons. You started a little bit. I mean, yeah. For me, I think, and I've talked about this in therapy a million times, I avoid the hard emotion of fear, someone being mad at me, disappointment, disappointment, whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, I will do everything. I will break my own boundaries for the removing the threat of someone confronting me we're all uh recovering people pleasers yes here. so that's a big one for me why I think that they're really hard yeah I think that's the same thing for me I'm I'm worried about upsetting someone mm-hmm. or that they will resent me for setting this boundary or they're going to be mad at me for setting a boundary but then you know if that is the case 
that's even more reason to set the boundary. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, like if, because if they're going to be so reactive to me saying, I can't do this, then that that's, a, that's telling me something, you know? And it's, I'm very much an over explainer. Like, I'm like, oh, I'm not going to come. But the reason I'm not going to come is why. And I'm going to do this so that that I'm going to try and like make it a softer landing. So you don't hate me. But I'm cracking up because literally my therapy homework is to say no without explanation. And in the next two weeks, no is a boundary. That and that's is a hard. It is a, and a whole sentence. Yeah. You don't need to ever explain yourself. And I feel like this goes well into the next uh, section that we have, I think boundaries are especially hard for female presenting people mm. or people that have been socialized as women um, because of, you know, the history of how women have been treated in society. Um, there's the expectation that women or femme people are supposed to be homemakers and caretakers and be the fixers. And so when someone needs help, you put your needs aside to help. I'm thinking you can really relate to this Allie as a mom that like you're going to be putting your, I mean, you should be putting your child's needs before yourself as a parent, Mm -hmm. but there's a certain point where you have to recognize your own needs too. Yeah. I mean, I could go on for hours about that, but all the moms and parents listening. Yeah. That's, that's an extremely hard boundary, um, to create. Not only am I a single mother of two, but I'm a teacher for severely, um, developmentally disabled children. So my boundaries are consistently being pushed because I want to help so much. And I know the consequence of me not helping at work, obviously it's a little lower because somebody else will do it, but my control freak side of me wants me to be the one helping. So those boundaries, um, and we'll talk a little bit about work later on in this episode, but um, specifically with the kids, it, yeah, it's exhausting. It's, it's really hard to know, especially my, um, one of my daughter's fathers is, is a great support. And although we have our issues, he is here constantly, he's doing a lot and that makes things a lot easier, but it still is exhausting to be primarily the only parent for two children. And I still haven't really learned how to put that boundary down of, okay, I'm a mom always, but when am I going to stop and make sure that I'm recharged when I'm sure that every parent. And there's also the expectation too, that like, even if you were in a relationship and I'm not saying like the people, I don't know, not that I'm not going to do this about Allie. I'm going to say in my experience, (laughs) all of the women in my life have been responsible for everyone in their household. They are the one that's going to put out all the fires. They are the one that's going to make sure everyone has what they need. When you can't find your sock, mom knows where your sock is. Like, and that's just kind of the society we've grown up in that women, the moms are the superheroes and they do everything. And that's really damaging because then we see that message and you internalize it. And that's kind of how you expect what, like you think that's the expectation that you need to live up to. And how do we fix it? How and do we fix we're gonna talk boundaries <laughs> and the patriarchy? <laughs> <laughs> but this is like a really good thing. You know, we can break away from that societal norm mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. communication with your partner and boundaries. Like if I have a really hard work day, communicating at the beginning of the day, Hey, I'm not going to get home until whatever. It would be great if you could start dinner. Yeah. Like, or it would be yeah. great if you know, I have this busy thing going on. 
when I get home, if like the couple dishes laying around ended up in the dishwasher, that would send my mental health up for a lot of success. <laughs> like, yeah. And communicating those things. That's what I was going to say. And then also communicating gratitude at the end of it. Thank you so much for helping out. That really, like, that made a big difference for me. You know, that really helped me move throughout my week a lot more smoothly. Like, and I mean, you come from also a very equal, loving partner who is willing Mm -hmm. to help out. Like, yeah. And I think that communication and that boundaries setting and intention setting and then letting them know like this really helped me yeah encourages people to continue doing it because obviously you want your partner to thrive and it's not even like I think when we think about boundaries a lot of us are like what not to do but boundaries are also what I need from you and I have been working on with my partner Alex the boundaries of what I need from him Mm -hmm. because He historically has not really communicated his feelings. Like this is the healthiest relationship both of us have ever had. And there was like a time he thought he was doing everything. I can't like recall exactly what happened. Oh, actually I do. So there's an example. Like I asked Alex how his day was every day. And I was like in a partial program and like going through like basically group therapy all day for like two months. And I really wanted to talk about what I was learning and what I was doing. And so I would like ask him how his day was and I would get radio silence. And so then after like a week of that, because you know, that's how I, I have to think about things. I can't say it right away. And that's something I'm working on. I was like, Hey, I really would appreciate it. If you would ask me how my day is too. Like, I want to talk about how my day was. That's why I'm asking you. And so that was a boundary. I said, I'm like, I would like for you to ask me how my day was so we can talk about it. And now he does because I communicated it to that. And I also was like, thank you for asking me how my day was. I really appreciated that. That made me feel really heard. So like communication and boundaries, I think go hand in hand. Absolutely. Right. And a a boundary isn't a boundary unless it's communicated. You can make all the boundaries in your head as as much as you want. Yeah, I can say I have these boundaries, but if other people don't know what they are, then then how are they going to be met? And how are they going to be used? Get mad at people for mm-hmm. not meeting your uncommunicated boundary. <laughs> exactly. And that happens all too often. So if you're mad at them in your head, you should probably communicate with the boundary is. And this was the entirety of my, like mine and Allie's fight is I had all these boundaries in my head and I wasn't telling Allie the boundaries. And you were just getting then, mad that she wasn't meeting them. And that's- right. And then I was like sitting here trying to figure out how to meet those boundaries or how to make sure that I'm putting my best foot forward. And I was like, Oh God, Oh no. And this is a really good time to check in with yourself and maybe establish boundary work. If you find that you're reacting Uh really severely to things, like even little things, if everything that somebody is doing pisses you off, probably there's some unspoken boundaries there to communicate. Uh And then once you do that, you'll be like, Oh wow. I don't hate this person. (laughs) like I just hated myself for not speaking up and you know kind of like we talked about um how women have historically been treated I think that it is safe to say that in this I don't want to use this as an overgeneralization but I do want to say that more often than not I believe when women are setting boundaries with men or or anyone uterus having set up set a boundary with a man a lot of the times say it again 
a non-uterus haver. A non-uterus haver. Thank you. I am working on my more inclusive terminology. So Lexi will always help me out with that. I appreciate that. Um, it is met quite often with an underlying tone of anger. So I say, um, I don't know, what's a good example? I say, no, you need to leave. You need to leave. Like, I'm done hanging out. And a guy's like, what do you? what do you mean you're I'm done hanging out yep you're a <laughs> bitch you're rude yep. you're bossy mm -hmm. and that's I mean this is how this all ties back into capitalism and the patriarchy and all of these things like the the internalized misogyny we all have even I have this reaction and I like to think that I'm progressive and like there's obviously a lot of work that I can still do but if someone at work who is a woman oh, yeah sets a boundary and says like no I'm not doing that I'm like what a bitch and then I'm like oh wait no there's no good for her yeah and like if a man set that boundary I mean I do call men bitches too but typically <laughs> oh what an ass you're like oh okay I respect that yes and I think we all even women or people who were uh I identified oh my god sex owners yeah thank you wow see i am non-binary and i suck it up too um <laughs> the owners have a hard time doing this because they don't want to be seen as a bitch because mm -hmm. we're supposed to be seen as timid and caring whatever i don't you know you'll be caring and compassionate and stand up for yourself and you actually get a right. lot act like the females that or vulva owners yes female presenting people that i respect the most are the ones that are assertive i'm like wow bad bitch that bad, bad bitch energy a bitch with boundaries uh -huh. <laughs> so if you're gonna call me a bitch make sure your boundaries are straight <laughs> oh my gosh so i think that boundaries are easiest thought about in categories or groups right so there's boundaries with the self and that is a great place to start because if you don't know what your boundaries are with yourself you definitely can't be inputting them on other people so these are really the only boundaries that you don't have to communicate at the beginning you say it again you said if you don't do boundaries with yourself you can't do them with other people you can but it will be much more difficult yes. oh good correction good correction you can do it but if you are blurring the lines of the boundaries with yourself it is going to be so much easier for you to blur the boundaries you set with other people agreed agreed yeah so this really should be considered self-care setting boundaries with yourself consistency is very very hard but very important um and that is something that also came up in lexi and i's conversation is that can you know i've been doing self-work for a very long time now and i it's, it has its have to keep doing it yeah you don't just like, you, like right you don't just like hit this limit where it's like ah oh, you have achieved self-actualization you no longer <laughs> have to take care of yourself right congratulations <laughs> you're good oh you're my god the top of maslow's hierarchy yes. of needs <laughs> right yeah. you no longer have to sleep for eight hours and journal and do face masks and whatever else you do to oh my god shubbies we talk about shubbies a lot in yeah. this do you what know what a shubby is sam? oh so you didn't listen to our latest episode sam oh 
I did listen to it. <laughs> Tell us. Shabby is what Allie takes when I need to cry hard and I turn, I plug the bath and put the shower on. It's a shower tubby. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you, it becomes a tub, but it showers on you. Do you sit? Yes. Oh, of course. Yes. And you cry a lot until it becomes a bath. Okay. So I do that when I'm really hungover. (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) Probably has the same effect. You just like need to take a sit. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I've I've had myself a shubby. I just, (laughs) I think everyone's had themselves a shubby. But yeah. So, so speaking of self care, yes, that is one of my. Speaking of setting limits setting limits when you're going out if you know like I have a big day tomorrow or I have to do xyz I'm not gonna drink 700 margaritas tonight oh my god or I have a budget I know that I want to buy a house like I'm going to spend this amount of money every week which means really hard you're gonna have to say no to plans Mm -hmm. no to like that new release of shirt that you really want or whatever else it is that comes up that you're really excited about like setting those boundaries of like nope I want to budget this I have to do this no I have to do an event tomorrow I can't drink 700 margaritas tonight I have to go to bed early because I know I have a job interview tomorrow Mm -hmm. whatever it is that boundary is your boundary with self. Yeah. Which is the hardest, I think. I agree. Yes. Break boundaries with myself first. (laughs) And I think I have this later in the outline, but that's something too, or it might be in, we're going to have a resource for tips for setting boundaries. Mm -hmm. And one of them is to start small. Like if you decide Mm -hmm. I'm going to set boundaries and you try to do it in every aspect of your life, like none of them are going to work because it's much like you need to pick one thing. And so momentum. I did this. Um, so I, and we'll get more into this history, but I had to take a leave of absence from work and I was in a partial hospitalization program. And I was like, I need to fix my nighttime routine. I need to fix my morning routine. I need to fix my, this routine. And I, I was like, no, no, no. I'm going to start with bedtime. I am going to go to bed at the same time every night and wake Mm -hmm. up at the same time every morning, no matter if it's the weekend or not. And I don't, I mean, we're going to, not follow that tonight because Sam and I are going to a concert, but that's an exception. But that's part of your boundaries is planfully. It's okay. Like, but I breaking your boundaries doesn't mean you failed. Exactly. And right. I slept longer last night because I knew I was going to be getting less sleep tonight. So my sleep is a boundary that I have gotten very good at not letting it budge. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm like, oh, I want to stay up and watch another episode. I'm like, no, I need to make sure I get my seven and a half or eight hours. Yeah. And that's something that I'm really proud of myself for sticking to that because mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a grandma or grandparent. Sorry. I, sorry, myself. Uh, <laughs> I go to bed before eight and that's great. just disclaimer. She's not actually a grandparent. She meant in terms of her social activity at yes. night. <laughs> that sounded like I'm a grandparent. <laughs> Same thing. I knew tomorrow, probably going to be a rough day. Not going to have a lot of sleep. I always usually like do my chores on the weekend, but I was like, all right, I'm going to break it up. Like, I know that I'm not going to be able to on my day off. I get Thursdays off. I'm not going to be able to do laundry and grocery shop and clean the house. Like I'm not going to overload myself, but I broke it up throughout the week. And I was like, I'm going to do one chore a day so that on Sunday I have nothing to do. Mm -hmm. So in my mind, that's not even breaking your boundaries. You guys, I think I put in here somewhere that a 
a planful um, deviation of your boundaries is not a break in boundaries. It is living, right? It's enjoying, enjoying life. And it's, for me, it's only if there's a positive outcome. If you are, if you are deviating from your boundaries and you experience an unpleasant outcome, then that was a break in boundary. And that's something you have to really step back and look at. But if it it has a pleasant outcome with like what you guys are going to do tonight and go to a concert and have fun and have bonding time and make memories, that is not a break in boundaries. You know what I mean? I think, and we all kind of fall on this, that black or white, all or nothing thinking that it has to be perfect. And we're not going to be perfect. Life happens, shit happens, things change. And so if we are reflecting and being honest with ourselves about what we really need and like how things have changed, that's really what's most important. And your boundaries change. They don't have to be firm. And your life changes. So your boundaries are going to be different over the course of your life. And Ali, you had said, if there's a positive outcome, it's like being flexible, it's living your life. If there's a negative outcome, reassess. So something like when I break a boundary, whether it's, you know, I spent too much money, I drank too much, I didn't get enough sleep and I have a negative outcome and I, you know, don't do well in whatever. A lot of times I reflect on that. I don't beat myself up. I journal. Yeah. You want to talk yeah. about that? Specific so, example? I mean, yeah. So we had this athletic event, um, at the gym that I coach at and I had a bridesmaids thing the day before had too many mimosas, <laughs> <laughs> didn't go to bed early. Um, hormonally, I was not in the best shape. I then have not been drinking coffee and thought it would be a great idea to chug a really giant coffee before this afternoon, which just and too much energy. And then I like, it was meant to be a fun thing because it was just the coaches doing it. There was nothing competitive, but I get really competitive. And so I like (laughs) through the first sections of it, which is like the big no, no, you're like supposed to take your time. And by the time I got to the running portion of it, I was dead. And I got really upset with myself that like, I didn't set myself up for success. I, you know, drank the night before I shouldn't have, I didn't get enough sleep. I drank coffee and then like, I did it all wrong and I ruined the whole thing and I fucked up and like, I was horrible. And how do I even call myself a coach? And then I was like, wait, (laughs) number one, this wasn't a competition. Number two, nobody was watching. Number three, like, human yeah you probably shouldn't have like had four mimosas the day before and you probably should have gone to bed and you probably shouldn't have drank coffee but I journaled on it and I was like why am I looking at everything as a competition mm-hmm, why am right. I being what would I say to a member if they came to me with this or let's if they had you know not done great in powerlifting or something like what would I tell them right what, an opportunity to reflect on and see what I can do different next time and yeah, that's, that's a great, that it's a growth opportunity. Mm-hmm. And you have an opportunity to grow, to learn from it. Yeah. Right. And that is really what emotional intelligence is in, mm-hmm. in its entirety, is that if you are going to be a person that is working on boundaries and you're constantly putting yourself down and you're constantly trying to backpedal what you did, your emotional intelligence is not going to go anywhere. Um, so I think that it's all, it's all great. 
if we, you know, talk about boundaries as much, but what is beginning, you need to understand how to objectively set a boundary. And it's the same way that you objectively set a goal, right? So um, there are certain steps to take to make these boundaries effective and um, attainable. So um, we have a list of some steps, and this is specifically for setting boundaries with yourself. Um, right. And it's that, like I said, they're tips, but I think we've already like touched on this just in yeah. our organic conversation. I was like, look, I was like, oh, we talked about that. Um, mm-hmm. We're not going to like go into super detailed. We'll just give you the basic step. And then if you want to look at it more, we'll include it in the show notes. Um, so as Ali said in the definition part, you have to identify areas of your life that need structure or limits. So finances or relationships or sleep hygiene, for example. Mm-hmm. Okay. Create boundaries that reflect your goals and values. Um, So, you know, big picture here. Why am I setting? What's your why? Mm -hmm. Why am I setting this boundary? I want to buy a house. I'm going to only spend $50 a week from my Mm -hmm. savings, whatever. Or I'm going to put $100 in my saving account every paycheck. Mm -hmm. And I like that because it's very clear you have a very clearly defined goal. And I think that that is what gets muddled a lot is that people try to make boundaries. And it's like, I, my boundary is I don't want people to be mean to me or like, I won't listen to gossip. That is not a clearly defined attainable boundary. You're not engaging gossip. I will walk away from gossip. Right. Using that I language. Yeah. And this is another like therapyism, which, you know, when it gets hard to stick to that boundary, always think back to why you set it in the why first place. Why you're doing it. Yeah. I set this boundary. Like when you start to feel pressure to break it, I set this boundary for a reason. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, step three, Lexi already touched upon this, but don't set too many at once. You're setting yourself up for failure. So start little. Yeah. And then we also talked about use compassionate accountability. So it is mm-hmm. counterproductive to expect perfection. Mm-hmm. If you beat yourself up. If you guilt trip yourself, if you're like, well, I'm a piece of shit. Why did I even try? That's not going to help. You need to be gentle with yourself because we're humans. We make mistakes. We're not perfect. And this is like the, the thread of all of my therapy work this past year has been like progress, not perfection mm-hmm. and trying to be like, like when Allie and I got in this argument afterwards, I felt really bad. And I was like, I can't believe I let myself do that and like get so in my head and tunnel vision. And Alex was actually sitting next to me. I was talking to myself while I was doing something. I was like, you know what? Don't be mad at yourself. This is an opportunity to learn from and to grow. <laughs> and I was like, Alex, tell me you're proud of me. Look at what I just yeah. <laughs> did. you hear that? Did you hear that emotional intelligence oozing out of me? I used <laughs> passionate accountability. And I was like, wow, look at that growth. We have a really good, um, way to do this that me and Lexi do when we are being hard on ourselves. Um, WWSD or WWLD, what would would Lexi do? (laughs) So like I'm beating myself up for something. I think about if Lexi was telling me about this problem that they were having, if they were having the exact same problem, what would I say to them? Mm -hmm. And then practice Mm -hmm yourself so your best friend your mom your dad whoever is like your person your inner child this is a lot of 
is, oh, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. What would you say to a little you? Little you, if little you came up to you and they were like, "I suck, I'm horrible," you would be like, "No." Oh my god, you're so sweet and awesome. <laughs> and this is the opportunity to whatever, make changes, do what you need to do. Okay. Yeah. And then awesome. the last step is to make incremental changes. Speaking, make incremental changes. Tell little you. All right. Yeah. It's okay to adjust. It's okay to live your life. It's okay to not be perfect 100% of the time. Mm-hmm. And like yeah. right now, one of the boundaries I'm trying to reestablish is I want to be more active. I want to get back into the gym because it's been really hard mm-hmm. for me. And I used to be going to the gym three hour to four hour sessions. And like, that's how I'm like, oh, I need to go back to that. And that like trying to go back to that right away is it shuts me down. So I literally have been like, I want to go do two sets of deadlifts. I'm going to go do just two sets. That's it. And that's like, and so then the next time it's like, oh, I want to do a little more. And it gets easier and easier instead of trying to like jump up six stairs. I'm going to take them one stair at a time. It's that all or nothing mindset where you're like, Well, if I only do 15 minutes, I shouldn't do anything. Like why bother? Which Mm -hmm. is like, if you drop your phone, you might as well stomp on it and smash it. Like, right. (laughs) And you know, and we'll go into this in a different episode too, but this all comes back to neuroscience and building pathway habit pathways Um, and building habit pathways is it takes time. And if you think about it from a um, scientific actual um medical thing that's going on in your brain that kind of helps you depersonalize it and talk to your inner child and say yo listen this is going to take some time this is a serious um pathway that i'm trying to dig through so um and there one of my therapyisms that i used to talk about um is if you draw a pencil, a piece of paper, you take a piece of paper and you draw a line with a pencil, right? You can very easily turn your eraser around and erase that pencil line. But if you sit there and you draw it over and over, and even if it's a little line, you draw it over and over and over, it's going to be very hard to erase. So you've just made a neural pathway. You've just made a habit. And the one who has the consistency problem is saying this, um, <laughs> but I was like, I like that. (laughs) And on top of that, when you do make success, I think step six should be to celebrate your success. Yeah. 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 When you do do something good, like journal about it, or even just take a moment, like you're trying to deadlift after your two sets of deadlift, think about how good you feel after and like how happy you are that you did that. And you, when I know, like, I'm really glad that I said no, cause I was able to get X, Y, Z done or get closer to my goal or yeah. whatever it was. And like when I was reflecting on my conversation with Allie, I acknowledged it and that made me feel good. Like mm-hmm. and I think like this gets into the gratitude practice. Like once we talk about gratitude, sharing your gratitude and talking about it, like really solidifies it because you yes. are like strengthening that neural pathway you're going to want to do it again the next time because you're going to think back to how good you felt mm-hmm. when you did it's it enforcing yep so now you- I think oh, I was just going to say I feel like we could go on about boundaries forever and maybe some someday we could make a part two because you know yeah. we didn't even touch upon work boundaries yeah. and how difficult boundaries are with uh, your parents <laughs> right 
yeah, work boundaries. And yeah, the ones with your parents, I, I know that that for me is specifically very difficult or boundaries with someone that you have a relationship that you get something out of from them. So like your parents help you with your life. So they, my family specifically expects me to have lesser boundaries because they are helping me. Um, so we could talk about boundaries all day. And I would, I think everyone agrees, um, in this podcast, when we say, please interact with us, if you want us to do a part two and go more into that, we would absolutely love to. Yeah. I think we have, I have, um, last quick thing. I (laughs) literally meant to take a picture of it, but I have this specific boundary journal that I've been working. It's really awesome. And I don't remember the name of it, but I'm going to take a picture of it and they can add it into their show notes. Um, it's a really good practice. We love a guided journal to delve into boundary work. It's helped me a lot this year. So awesome. But yeah, we have like four more sections of this outline. And we also know that long podcasts are hard for people. Which yeah. is sweet. So, so we're setting a boundary for you. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. This was a lot of fun. I am really excited. We're not going to wait for your feedback. We're going to do a part two, people. Yeah. Yeah. Mostly so we can have Sam back. (laughs) Sam will be a reoccurring guest. So send her your questions too. Yeah, they're going to like my handle. I don't know why I'm pointing down as if you can see me. It's in the Subscribe and like. But feel free to add me on Instagram, message me with questions. Now I'm not a mental health professional. I'm just another crazy person. So that disclaimer is in it. Trying to make it through the menti bees, you know. (laughs) Menti bees is my new favorite term. Lexi put this on her on her Instagram the other day, and I was like, "What the fuck? Why haven't I thought of that?" Just having a little menti bee, brb. (laughs) How much cuter is that than being like, "Oh, I'm you know menti bee in the shubby." (laughs) I can't take credit for that. I don't know where I saw it. Some therapy meme page was like, "If we called mental breakdowns menti bees, it might make it easier to talk about that." (laughs) Right, right, and that's what we're doing here, making shit easier to talk about. Oh, if you're having a mentee B, go take a shubby and uh and then be nice to yourself and give yourself yeah. yes and tune in next week because we got some more shit to talk about excellent all right keep crying and keep trying bye bye Thanks for joining for another episode. You can find the podcast on social media on Instagram at crying and trying underscore pod on Facebook at crying and trying pod and on Twitter at crying underscore trying underscore pod. You can also find me personally on Instagram at Lex underscore G O N underscore give it to ya. And that is the number two. If you'd like to email us, our email address is crying and trying pod at gmail.com. Feel free to send us questions, comments, episode suggestions, or any other feedback you have. I truly love interacting with the listeners, and your input is vital to helping the show grow. If you know anybody who would benefit by listening, or who could even be a great guest, please share the podcast with them. The best ways to help a small independent podcast grow is to rate, review, and subscribe so other listeners can find us. You can also help by liking, commenting, and sharing our posts on social media to help grow the community. If you'd like to support the show with a small monthly donation, you can do so on our podcast page. This is just a placeholder until I'm able to get our Patreon up and running, but every small donation is appreciated. 
I'm also a proud member of the PodPros community and utilize PodMatch to connect with many amazing guests. This podcast is researched, produced, and edited by me, Lexi Hamsmith, using Anchor by Spotify.